Hey, hey, people of Earth, it's time to enter the Spoilerverse via our secret portal at the exclusive Arctic Club in beautiful downtown Seattle with our hosts, John and Kenrick. Welcome to Spoiler Country. Hey, if you're listening to our show for the first time and you're on one of the social medias that we're on, like Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, any of those kinds of things, you should always check us out on Spoilerverse.com. But... If you want to keep up with our latest episodes, you should bring out your smartphone, get into your favorite podcaster, find Spoiler Country, and hit subscribe. Then you'll get all our new stuff. And if you want to reach out to us, you can do that in two ways. You can call us or use a voicemail at 707-656-2080. Again, 707-656-2080. Or you can shoot us an email at spoilercountry at gmail.com. Join the cult of the Spoilerverse, and welcome back to Spoiler Country. I am Johnny Horsley, and today on the show, we got Francois Vigneault talking with Robert from Shooting the Sith and Bridging Geek Times, who did us a favor and covered an interview for us, and talking about his new book, Titan. Out now, you can go pick it up everywhere books are sold online. If you can if you can go to a local polymer store, which if they're if they're open where you're at, go with a mask on and check it out. But they sit down, they chat about Titan. It's a really good conversation, some great questions, some great answers. So Without further ado, without wasting any more of your precious little time, let's go ahead and listen to Francois in his own words. And welcome back, everybody. This is Robert, and I am with Francois Vigneault, who is a comic book creator, uh, writer, and whole bunch of other stuff. (laughs) I kind of want to get into that with him here. Uh, So how's it going? Hey, Robert, really nice to talk to you. I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. I know that everything's been pretty crazy. It seems like things are starting to calm down a little bit around the world when it comes to the pandemic. So hopefully you've been able to keep busy and, you know, push forward despite everything going on. Yeah, I'm very I'm very lucky in that I I had a project lined up, so I was I've just continued working on it, and I do a lot of freelance like kind of illustration and design work. So I've been lucky. I've just kept on doing all that stuff. Like my life didn't change very much. I've been working at home for the last five years. It's just that now my partner, my 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 life partner, has uh, moved in to the apartment and is working at home as well. So now I just have to share it with her. But other than that, my life hasn't changed very much. Except I can't go visit the United States. I can't go to comic conventions. All that. All the same stuff that everyone's going through, but overall, yeah, that, I'm, I'm doing good. The comic conventions really hurts, and I'm sure it really hurts for somebody who's more of a independent type of comic book artist and in, in, in sorts like like yourself. That's kind of how you've done it. It's more, it's on a smaller base. It's not like with the big companies out there. So I'm sure it's really tough for you to get your work out there to really be with the people and like, hey, this is what I'm making. This is what I'm doing. So. It's got to be tough. Yeah, you know, it was, I mean, and everything was delayed too. Uh, now Titan was, uh, we're recording this in September. I, I think we can let people know that we're recording this in September. And uh, Titan was supposed to be coming out this week, and now it's uh, it's pushed back till November. So, you know, but if that's as bad as uh, it gets for me with the effects of COVID, I, I think I got off pretty easy. I feel pretty good about that. Yeah, for sure. I, I I just know for myself, I can't wait until we can get back into the comic convention circuit and get back out there talking to people and everything. Because for me, I've only recently started going to conventions myself. I live in uh, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and 
We have a decent sized convention here that pops up a couple times a year, but we just, it hasn't been able to at all this, you know, during 2020. So I'm kind of missing out because I, I got a taste of it the last couple of years and I'm just, you know, I'm jonesing for more. So I can't wait until it gets back to running again. Yeah, you have some really great indie people, indie comic book creators in Pittsburgh also, like Jim Rugg and Ed Pisker and uh, Tom Scioli, who just had his Jack Kirby book come out. So you've, you've got a lot of really great local talent there. It's a, it's a really thriving scene. Yeah, definitely. Now, let's not talk about those other people, though, because you're here to talk about <laughs> you. So <laughs> let's get on to that. So uh, who are you? Like, where do you come from? How did you get into being uh, a comic book creator? Sure. Well, you know, I mean, like a lot of kids, I I started drawing when I was a little kid. And I think that the difference between me and some other people is that I I just never stopped. I just kept on going. And, uh, you know, like in my teen years, I grew up reading comics. I really loved them. Uh, Like, and um, I was a teenager during the 90s, which was a pretty... Well, yeah, you know, seminal and powerful time for a lot of comics, you know, like not only on the in the mainstream side, you know, there was like the there were some really big things blowing up like Image Comics and and and, you know, like the big seminal works of like Jim Lee and all those people at Marvel. So like comics were really big. And then that led me into the more indie side of things, you know. So then I started reading things like, uh, you know, Dark Horse Presents. I really liked all those comics like John, uh, Paul Chadwick. He did concrete all that read the paul pope thb lots of stuff like that and so i was really i really kind of enjoyed that i started making my own comics and i i never stopped making comics i was always like doing some sort of little stories with friends i ran a small little publishing company you know small press kind of thing but it's only really in the last say five six years that i really dived into it and it, it kind of catches me by surprise sometimes like every so often i'm like wow, I'm a comic book artist, because that's not exact. I, I had, I didn't think that was going to happen anymore. You know, I've been working my whole life doing all sorts of other jobs. I've worked in stores. I've been a, a graphic designer, a creative director, an editor, all kinds of other stuff. And so then to have it all come full circle, and now I'm a comic book writer, a comic book artist, it's sometimes I think if my 13 year old self could see me right now, they would that person would be uh, very mystified that, that it all happened. But yeah, I basically I never stopped. About five years ago, I got the opportunity to I, I got the opportunity to work a little harder on my comics. I took some space and some time. That's about when I moved to Montreal, where I live now in Canada. Uh, I'm from the United States. And I moved here and I was I really fell in with a really good crowd of creators here. It's a really good scene. There's a lot of really good publishers, a, really, a lot of really good artists here. And I got the opportunity to publish my comic Titan in French. And so I finished my comic Titan and it came out in 2017. And in all honesty, it was really welcomed with open arms by the, like, by the, the artistic community, the critical community, the readers. I was like nominated for, I think, five or six prizes. It was really w- crazy. Like, like all of a sudden, I felt very validated in everything I was doing. And then right after that, I did another comic where I didn't write it, but I was the artist on it with a different Canadian publisher. And so it's just been rolling. You know, it's just been rolling since then. And I'm really very, just very lucky. And I know that it could end at any time. You know, you never know. But I'm just trying to trying to make it work. And now finally, my book Titan, which was my first book that came out in French, 
is coming out in English in the fall. So it's like I'm coming back home, right? Like, because I came from the United <laughs> States and now I'm going back and we'll see how everyone, if, 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 if we'll see if people want me or not. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I, I do want to talk about Titan, absolutely. But it, it's, I, I am a bit curious. Uh, I'm sorry about this, but you know, your name is very French and yes. you're from America. So how did that play out? Like, are your parents from, you know, the, you know, the French Canadian area or did, like, how did that work? Yeah, yeah, that's exactly it. Actually, I, I really, I, I, tr- I think I trick people here. You know, they see my name, François Vigneault is like the most Quebec name that you could have. But then I open my mouth and I speak French and my French is not perfect, let me tell you. And so they realize that they're like, wait, there's something wrong with this picture. They don't know what's going on. It's the same thing on the opposite side. But yeah, I was born in the United States. My mother is from here in Quebec and my father is from Haiti, which is an island in the Caribbean. And so I'm like the product of their union. And then I grew up in, I was born in upstate New York, but I grew up in San Diego. So I'm kind of all over the place. And then I've lived kind of all over the United States, mostly on the West Coast, but Chicago too. So kind of all over the place. And then about five years ago, I, you know, I was, my life was really changing. So I was like, oh, you know, maybe I'll just, I'll do, uh, I'll spend the summer in Montreal. And I, I spent the summer here. I really liked it. And I've ended up living here for five years. It's, it's totally wild. But uh, yeah, that's my background. I'm like, a, I'm a weird mutt. <laughs> yeah, it, it, to, to me, it's just, you know, you, you mentioned that you lived in San Diego. You'd think that, you know, San Diego or even New York, those are hubs for, you know, comic book creators. You would think that, that right around that area, you know, in those, in those areas on the in each coast of the United States, you'd probably want to stay. So what was the draw? I mean, I know you kind of weren't planning on staying in Montreal, I'm guessing, but or from the sound of it. But what was the draw to stay there to work oh, on your comics up there sure i mean well the, there's two things i mean there's there's i did feel like i found some success here that like i've always been totally happy with my level of success no matter where i am i feel like it's not like i deserve success right like you know like i'm good enough at what i do i if people enjoy what i do that's fantastic but it's not like the world needs to listen to what i have to say but here in quebec for whatever reason i found like there was a lot of energy for what I was doing. Like people responded to my art style, my writing, you know, like I said, it's like, I got like nominated for six prizes. I, that really surprised me, you know, like I wasn't going into this, this publishing my first book expecting to do that. So that was all a big draw to staying here in, in, in Montreal. And then the other thing is like the oldest story ever told, right. Is I fell in love, you know, like, like, so I met my partner, my current partner right after I moved here uh, and I fell in love. And so that's that it's that old story, right? Like that's the number one thing that's going to keep somebody somewhere. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I know that from experience myself. So (laughs) I understand that. I want to transition to talking about Titan because that's kind of the bit next big thing that's coming up for you in regards to it releasing in English, because I know that it did release in Canada in French, but has yet to come stateside in the English format. So can you tell us a little bit of what got you to that story? Like, like I, I want to hear about the story on, on what got you to like, Hey, let's make this, you know? Yeah, no, that's a really good question. I mean, like every story has a weird sort of origin at least the stories that i tell have a sort of weird origin and they're kind of 
it's kind of meandering, you know, sometimes they don't, they're not a straight line. Titan, which is, you know, for your view, for your listeners, this is a podcast, right? They're listening. So for your listeners who haven't seen the book yet, Titan is basically a story about, it's a sci-fi story, science fiction, and it takes place in the future. And there are these workers who work on the moon of Titan, hence the name. And they are genetically engineered to be able to live on the moon in low gravity. And so they're giants, you know, they're like, say, eight to 12 feet tall. And, but all of their managers and all of the security and everything on the moon of Titan are people from Earth, Terrans. And so there's this conflict between the Titans and the Terrans, the workers and the management. And so in some ways, Titan is a very direct metaphor about like you know worker management like workers like worker management strife all the problems that we've been having for the like this minute right now today and then also going back for hundreds of years as well and so for me the inspiration for it, it was kind of banal to start with like the first thing i thought about was just like what if there were giant humans? How would that affect our relationships with each other, et cetera? It's like, it was just a very basic concept. And then I sort of was chasing after like, well, what's a reason why these giant humans could exist? I was like, okay, maybe they live in low gravity. That kind of makes some sort of fuzzy sci-fi logic, et cetera. And I kind of rolled it out from there. And it, tur- it ended up being a-, a story about a relationship between somebody from the Earth and somebody from Titan. And they're coming from very different worlds, literally and figuratively. Um, and so that was my inspiration. It was it, like, it just started with this very basic idea and then it kind of spooled out and I started having to think about all sorts of different things, like about the economics of it, about the, the culture of the two different kind of groups of humans, how they're different from each other, how they're the same. Do they have any connective tissue? And so that's, that was the, the, the basic thing. It, it started with a very simple idea. I just had it in the back of my head. I kind of explored it over time. And then finally, I ended up starting working on it about, I guess, five or six years ago. And it took me, or even more now, because <laughs> it came out in 2017 in French. And it took me about five years to do the book. So that, that, that was the kind of origin for it. It's it, That's real intriguing and interesting. And uh, you know, I'm looking at what I see and the thing that really sticks out to me the most is the color palette, the, mm. the way that you did the coloring for it, which is interesting, very interesting, different because it's, it's not what I was expecting. Can you touch on, on that a little bit on how you went in that direction with it? Sure. Well, I, you know, I, lo- I, I love that sort of spot color feeling, you know, for some of your uh, listeners, they might be familiar with say something like Ghost World by uh, Dan Klaus, you know, which was beautiful. It's a blue, white and black. It's basically black and white with another color. And in my book, it's black and white with like a rosy pink kind of tone. And the reason I like a spot color is because like I can draw in color like I do it all the time i like i have a lot of client like illustration clients and they they need color things so i'll I'll draw a magazine cover or something like that and it'll be in full color but i i feel that sometimes full color can be a little bit overwhelming do you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like you're looking at the page and everything has a color like you know like like you're analyzing every element of it especially too with like modern coloring there's a lot of like gradients or modeling or shading and things like that so I find that can be a little overwhelming. But for me, as an artist, just black and white is a little hard. 
because I don't know if you can see in my art, like my art style, but I don't draw like a lot of like hatching or shading, like, you know, like cross hatching or something like that. I, you know, I learned how to do all that stuff, but I don't feel very like it's not the way I like the comic to look. I like almost I mean, it's definitely not a Ling Claire, like a Hergé kind of look, but I like a kind of a clean look, a little bit of a brushy look, but not necessarily lots of little lines. But sometimes I want to add a little bit of, what do you, what would you call it? Like a third tone, you know, like something between the black and the white and that the spot color lets me do that. And so that's why I did that. And when I was uh, working with Titan, I, I did it in a variety of different colors as I was working on it. And the French edition is totally different. It's purple. It's like really a different color. But in the end, I came back to pink. I don't know. I There's something like nice and warm about it, which the comic itself is like both. It can be it's really dark at some points like that. Like it, it, it deals with a lot of like, you know, interpersonal violence. There's like like it's like it's basically a class war kind of comic. And so there's a lot of like dark things happening in it. But it's also a romance. It's a romance comic in a way, and it's about a relationship. So I felt like that pink kind of pulled it into like a warmer tone. I really like that about it. So that that's why I ended up with pink for it. Yeah, hey, I really. I, it's kind of to me. It's kind of it's a little. It, it catches the eye a little bit more, and it gives me a chance and to to really look at what you're putting on the page there. And I'm actually I pulled up while you're talking because I wanted to compare the two and I do see one or I think it's a, the cover of one that's in purple yeah. and I'm looking at it and, and it, it's, I mean, it's just a tad different, but you know, you can definitely tell and it's, I mean, that's in a way, I think that's kind of neat how you're going to have essentially the same story put out, but it's if a, you know if a director creates a black and white version of a movie and they yeah, have their absolutely. color version, it's kind of like <laughs> I kind of think that's a cool idea. I, I like that. That's really neat. Yeah, now the, the the story now uh, isn't very uh, well. I shouldn't say it isn't very. It's more adult centric. It seems. Yeah, it definitely is a like you know this is not a story for kids. And, uh, you know, like, like, you know, not only is there like, you know, it's a mature readers type story where there's like, there's language, there is violence, people die in it. But there's also like sex in the book, you know, like it, they're, 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 like there's a pr- fairly frank depiction of sexuality in the book. It's not, I don't think it's overwhelming by any means, but it like, I don't shy away from it. It's a part and parcel of the book. Mm-hmm. Now, is it releasing as... Uh, all at once are there multiple issues that are going to come out over a span of time how is that going to happen no it's it's a one and done you know like someone who picks it up they're going to get the whole story you know maybe someday there will be a sequel but it's a big it's a chunky little book it's it's about 200 pages and and some of those pages are pretty dense and wordy it takes a while to read it like sometimes i'll give it to someone i'll like send them a a little preview of it or something and they'll be like oh okay i'm gonna read it and then they'll get back to me and they'll be like, wow, it like took me like a long time to read this book. And because they thought they think that they're going to like cruise through it because it's a graphic novel, but mm-hmm. it's pretty dense. It's uh, about 200 dense little pages. And what was it? I mean, so it came out in 2017 in French. Was the publishers or, the, or anybody, were they worried about the connections where it kind of, relates to the modern world or was that kind of a driving point for them to actually release it and and pick it up 
You know, that's a really great question. No, I mean, like <laughs> on the top, on the most top, the, the biggest top level, I think that if anything, there are a lot of connections with the, the modern world. You know, there's a lot of like this book is really about, you know, class conflict, but it's also about racial conflict because the Titans are a, you know, like a racialized minority who are a labor force for a minor, like the Terran, the people from Earth who are in the minority. So, yeah, like the parallels are very much there for people to see. Def- I don't think that was ever a, a negative for any of the publishers who have been involved with this project, and there have been a couple different ones. To me, it's wild. It's super wild that this book is coming out because I, you know, I wrote it, what, 2012 to 2017. It came out in 2017. And then now I can't believe it's coming out in the United States today. You right? Like, well, not today, but in a couple months or in, in November 10th, whenever this podcast is released. <laughs> and it's wild. Like, it's, uh, you know, because there's scenes of police violence, there's scenes of public protest, there's scenes of racial and ethnic tension in this book and today it feels so relevant it's upsetting actually like i it's like i'm not even excited about it it's it shouldn't be this relevant what i'm writing about and it's a trip it's a trip i don't think any of the publishers were ever too concerned like in the sense that they were worried about bringing you know bringing that to the table i think all the publishers who have been involved with this book are all aware uh, very much aware of the kind of social inequities that we've historically had, the social inequities that we currently have. And I don't think that they're afraid of exploring those in a fictional sense. Now, the one thing that I'm all a little bit afraid of is that people will think that it is that this book, because it's coming out now, is literally about what is happening now. And that's the only thing I would give the slightest, like, you know, like, authorial pushback on in that I I do think that, that how do you I say this there's a limit to what I can do as an author but I was trying to speak to the the biggest broadest sense of how people are downtrodden how people are abused by the system and I was trying to speak about it in a context that goes beyond one nation goes beyond like one set of people but I I think that the parallels are there for anyone to see. And I hope that I'm really excited in a way to have the book come out this year. I feel like it's a very historical year. I think we're going to look back on 2020 for a long time. And and I'm really proud to be a, like this tiny little part of the the cultural conversation, right? Like a very humble part of that mm-hmm. conversation. Oh, for sure. And yeah, I mean, from my point of view, looking at it, I, I think in a way it coming out now is definitely going to, I think it should help. I think it should help in uh, the sense of the, your, the sales for one, but as a kind of a narrative of kind of to sit back and take in and, and you can, you know, read a story and, and that's kind of what I do with film. And I, that's what I think, you know, is important about film. And I, I'm a huge movie buff, but when I sit there, I take a look and how did, you know, films that come out sometimes they, if they relate to what's going on in the world, you need to sit there and, and figure out, okay, what's the underlying message here? Where's the message? And I think that could be had with Titan. I think you take a look at it and you're going to see a similar world to what's going on now in America. And you're going to see, you know, look, this, 
this can change can come we can make things better and i think that the, the book could help in that regard in realizing that and noticing that at least from my standpoint <laughs> No, I'm really glad to hear that. You know, one of my favorite, maybe that's a little stretch. That's a bit of a stretch. I won't say one of my favorite, but a book I really like is uh, Howard's End by E.M. Forrester. And the epigraph of E.M. Forrester of that book is only connect. And it's the idea in that is to connect the people of different classes. And I, the, and Titan is really is a book about connection, right? It's a book about people from different worlds who connect with each other despite these very insurmountable and overwhelming odds that are against them in connecting with each other. So I do hope, you know, there, there's a lot of negative things in the book. Like the book is not, it doesn't shy away from, I would say, taking a pretty dark view of people's personal interactions, economic interactions, racism. But at the same time, at the heart of the book is this connection. It's a connection between two different people. And I, I hope that comes across. Like, I hope that that little silver lining or that kind of like that little bit of hope does come through. You know, it's like science fiction. Someone else said it. I didn't say this first, but I say it a lot. So which is that science fiction is it's really bad usually at predicting the future, but it's really good about talking about the present and talking about like our anxieties and what we're worried about today. And I, I do think that Titan does that. I think it, it did it when it first came out a couple of years ago. And I think it, it, it really does it right now, right now. It really talks about like the, some of the tensions that we're feeling in our daily lives. And, and I don't know, I don't know. I hope it can be this tiny little part of a bigger picture. And I, I, I am hopeful for the future. I think we can, I think we can march forward, you know, we'll see. For sure. Now, was this a passion project for you? Was this something that you kind of built up in your mind over time? I know that you said you spent since 2012 to 2017 making it, but I know for from my standpoint, or not my standpoint, but from my own point of view or what I do is like, I have stories in my head going all the time. I have things going on and I'm like, Oh, how can I build this? How can I build this? And there's always that one story that I really want to get down. And it's just one of those things that I just want to make sure it's perfect before I do, you know, push it, put it pen to paper per se. Was this something for you? Was this like that for you? Or was this just something that, and you did touch on a little bit, but was this something that was building over time? Wow. That's such a good question. And I think you're right. I think every artist especially early, like every artist and author, especially early in their career, has this desire to be perfect. And this desire, like they, they build up like this book that they're going to write or this film that they're going to make, the com this comic book that they're going to make. And I definitely suffered from that in my early years. You know, I, I would work I would work on something and I did, I made comics, but I didn't make anything really long. I didn't create a whole graphic novel or anything like that. I did a bunch of short stories. I did, you know, various projects. And I don't know why it was that Titan was the thing that let me break through, but I do know that I, I really made a conscious decision that I was just going to move forward with it. I wasn't going to wait for it to be perfect before moving forward. I didn't know what the story of Titan was when I started drawing it. I imp improvised a lot. You know, I won't get into, even though this is spoiler country, I won't get into too many details about the book. But, you know, there's like, there were large elements of certain characters, certain action set pieces, things like that. I had no idea when I was starting the book, that was what was going to happen. I, I had the concept for the book. 
I had an idea of some of the characters, and I had an idea of where I wanted to end the book. And All in the Middle was sort of improvisational for a long time. And that's sort of like being a trapeze artist, right? And you always have to, you, each chapter, you have to kind of make the jump. And you don't know if there's someone who's going to catch you. You don't know if there's the bar is going to be there. And you don't necessarily have a safety net. I mean, maybe you have a safety net in the sense that you're like, what's the worst that can happen if I fail? And so I, I really didn't know. And I did, but I, I did make a, an effort and a decision to fight against that desire for perfection. I didn't want to wait any longer to get started on my first graphic novel. I was, I had waited too long already and I started working on it and I just was like, you know what? It's good enough. Just keep working on it. Keep working on it. You'll see where you end up. And in the end, I'm pretty happy with it. It's a pretty good book. It's not perfect by any means, but I'm so much, I'm so much happier that it's done. I really think that one of the best pieces of advice that someone gave me is that finished is a thousand times better than perfect. It's so much better for you to do your book and, and be done with it. And then you can move on to your next thing. You know, like I'll, I've moved on to my next project. Titan is like a, you know, it's, it, it exists. I've touched it a little bit. I've done some little edits to make it better. The new edition from Oni is, is quite actually quite a bit revised, but I'm so glad that I just finished it and I didn't wait for it to be perfect. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. No, I completely understand it. You know, I've never actually heard the finished is better than perfect. I actually like that a lot because I'm somebody who gets in that habit of, all right, it has to be perfect in my head before I, I sit down and start doing it. But I've also had this, voice in my head for a number of years saying, if you don't start it, you're never going to start it. So like, I'm always in this constant battle with myself in like, all right, it's not perfect. So I can't start it, but I got to no. start it. I'm never going to start it. So. I think you should, I think you should listen to the second voice. And I think <laughs> everyone should listen to the second voice. Just get started. The fact of the matter is that in all honesty, like you need to work to get good. Right. Like, yeah. you know, like, can you imagine a basketball player being like, well, I'm never going to try and slam dunk until I know that I can slam dunk. How would that work? It would never yeah. work. It, like, like, like there, the activity like presupposes practice. You have to practice in order to be good. And so like, you know, and like for me, Titan, I'm really proud of it. Super happy with it. I hope it's not the best book I ever do, right? Like, I hope I do a better book, my next book, my next book, my next book. I hope I keep getting better. And that, like, I look back at my first book, I'm like, wow, it was pretty good. It was pretty good for a beginner. Do you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I often find myself, I'll go back and take a look at something that I wrote. I mean, I've written for different websites over the years, and I'll, I'll find myself and I'll go back and take a look and I'll read them. Like, that's pretty good. Who wrote that was me? Really? Ah. <laughs> wow. Okay. You know, so I, I, I shock myself sometimes and I think you're right. I think, you know, and, and this goes for anybody out there that's listening is if you're somebody who wants to do, just go for it, just do it and, and push forward because like you're saying, you're not going to get any better unless you do it. So uh, I need to take my own advice and your advice and just do it. <laughs> but I, that's definitely really good advice to give for sure. Good. I'm glad. I'm glad. <laughs> now, you know, I know you kind of talked that you're on to your next thing and I know you can't talk too much about it, but when could anything be talked about that? Like, is there any plans to, oh, yeah, for that to yeah, be yeah. announced? 
Yeah, yeah, no worries. Yeah, you know, I have a project that I, that's like it's like my day job. Like I work on it every day that I'm working, and I draw. I'm and it's a comic that I I can say a little about it. It's a comic that I'm drawing, but I'm not writing. And it's going to come out next year in 2021. And it's like a comic, which is kind of interesting for me. It's like a monthly comic that's going to be in a, in every comic book store, I would say. It's wild. It's totally wild for me to be doing that kind of a comic because um, not only did I, like, for many years do things other than write or draw comics, but I also, like, I was really, like, on the indie side of things, right? Like, the kind of the graphic novel side of things. Like, this, the I was thinking about myself in terms of, like, the Dan Clauses and Jaime Hernandez's and things like that. And then all of a sudden I'm like doing this thing. That's like a monthly comic and it's going to be like normal comic book fans are going to be like, cool. Like this is a, I'm going to pick up this issue every month, you know, 22 pages a month. It also means I have to draw super fast. I draw 22, like it takes me a little over a month to draw, but I draw 22 pages and it's uh it's like a it's a kind of a sci-fi comedy thing. I can't talk about it too much because it hasn't really officially been announced. But that yeah, that's my daily grind. And then on the other side, I'm working, I have a concept for my next personal graphic novel, which is another science fiction thing. And I'm working on that right now. I'm in the early stages, I'm in the writing, and I think I'm gonna be start doing the first chapter pretty soon. That again, like I'm kind of like vacillating between like how much do i want to improvise how much do i want to plan it's my sophomore effort as a writer and artist i've done i've illustrated quite a few things now but it's my sophomore effort as a writer and so i want to make sure that people aren't disappointed when they get to it yeah so i'm working on that it's science fiction it's also very socially conscious it's also really about class but it's a little bit, it's quite a bit different than Titan. I think I think it's going to be pretty fun. Um, that also, I'm not, I can't talk about because it's in the future, right? Like, yeah. I mean, I could, you know, I don't want to spoil even on Spoiler Country. I don't want to spoil it too much. Yeah, don't don't let the name fool you. We don't really plan on spoiling anything. It's just kind of it's a name. Honestly, I can't even speak for the name. I I wasn't one of the ones that helped create the concept of the show, but that's it was never intended to be Spoiler Country to spoil things. So don't let the name fool you on that. Uh, now for you though, what is it that you enjoy more? I mean, obviously you, it sounds like you're an artist first, but when it comes to the creation of comics, are you more a fan of the writing aspect or the art aspect of it? That's a, that's good too. Well, okay. What I will say is that I find the drawing easier. It's much easier for me. Like my second book that came out here in Quebec was written by, it was I, I did like a sort of an adaptation of a short story that was written by a Quebecois author uh, named Genevieve Peterson. And like, given that, you know, she kind of gave me a, the story and I adapted it into a comic. So it was, a, a, I almost felt like it was like I was the director of a movie, right? Like this, she was the screenwriter. She had written the ideas down and then I was able to kind of make it happen, you know? And you know, when you're drawing comics, you do so many jobs. It's a little bit like film, right? You do, you're the director, but you're also the, like the director of photography. You're the casting agent. You're also all the actors. It's kind of, it's a lot of work. And that part is really easy for me in some ways. Like I've read enough comics. I've seen enough films. I really like, I feel like I, I understand like how to block a scene, how to set things up, how to design a character. Again, I'm not like the greatest artist of all time. I'm not the greatest artistic voice of all time, but I feel like I get it. Writing is harder. 
even though I like, I, I also feel very engaged with the literary world. I've, you know, I've read a lot of books. I've studied writing. I know how to write, but it's more of a slog for me. And so I know that I'll never admit you know, there's so, there's so many comic book writers where they write, they work with like four different artists on four different series. And so then, you know, they're, they, they dominate the culture, right? Like they're, so we have like the Neil Gaiman's and Robert Kirkman's and Brian K. Vaughn's of the world. And they're all artists that are writing and they're working with all these different create are, are, are the, these illustrators. And then they're able to get like all their ideas out there. I know I'll never personally be like that. I can write. I, I like to write. I really, I, I, I feel like I have something to say in the world, but I'm not that prolific. Do you know what I mean? Like I, I have like kind of one idea at a time. I work on it. It takes me a little while. I often have to do a lot of improvisational kind of writing with it. So for me, illustrating is easier. Drawing is easier. It's fun. When someone gives me a script or a story, it's like I initially, I immediately can kind of envision how it would bring it to the page. And then it's a little bit more of a, of a hard work for me to write, but I love writing. I like, like, and I, and I want to be a voice. I want to be like an author and I am, but it, it, it's more work. Yeah. Now, I uh, just want to run through a couple quick questions here that uh, I like to ask anybody that I, I talk to. Number one, who was your biggest inspiration? That's a great question. I'll just say at the, I don't know if this is the the best answer, but I'll say Jaime Hernandez, who did Locus, uh, which is Love in Love and Rockets. I have looked at his comics so much, and they have had such an influence, like deep in my brain. So I would say he's probably one of my biggest influences. Okay, what was the first comic you remember picking up? The first comic I remember picking up was the Archie series of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. So that was like the <laughs> series. That was like based on the cartoon. So mm -hmm. it was like not like the cool Eastman and Laird series. It was like it was bright and colorful. Yeah. But yeah. that was like really my gateway drug into comics. I, I remember going into the comic book store and I was like, oh, OK, let me get this. And then I kind of get like, you know, there's the comic book store guys. They're going to turn you on to some other stuff. So then I got into all kinds of other stuff. But after that, I got into, uh, you know, the real Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles by Eastman and Laird. I got into THB by Paul Pope. I got into X-Men. I got into Vertigo and all that. But really, weirdly enough, the thing that first brought me into a, a store was I was like, I like the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoon and the Archie comics that they made look just like that. So that's what I wanted. Yeah, it's funny for me. I loved that Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles cartoon growing up like that was my jam totally growing up we're um, dating I, ourselves we're dating ourselves <laughs> oh very much all, so. the, all the kids know that we're not like uh 20 years old anymore <laughs> i it's just one of those things that i i never like when i watched that show myself um i i never wanted to tarnish my love for that show by reading the comics because as I, <laughs> as I got older, like I started to realize, and you know, I found out that, Oh, the original comics were a lot darker, were a little, you know, a little more adult, not as childish. And I was like, Oh, I don't want to ruin that. You know? <laughs> so it's just kind of funny. And I, I didn't even know that there was anything done, you know, in the Archie style of comics. I, I never knew that's actually pretty bizarre. I might have to try and find those somehow. They're, they're, if you're like a, a real fan of the, the cartoon series, they're going to scratch that itch. They're like, they're very, faithful translation of that of that feel yeah it's excellent i'm looking forward to being able to pick up titan i know that i hope everybody else is looking forward to picking up titan because in this time not just because of the relevance and the similarities to what's going on but in this time of 
COVID and how everything has happened, it is more important now than ever to help support these indie creators, you know, independent comic book writers and, and artists and everything, because uh, th- that's what drives, you know, new inventive stories and books that come out. You know, DC and Marvel, I, I know that they've had some issues over the past few years, especially DC lately with all the layoffs they had, but they're always going to be there in some form or fashion. We, I, I, I always like to push for the independent creators because I think it's important that their voice gets out there because that's the future. You know, the, the Batmans, the Spider-Mans, the Iron Mans, they're all going to be around forever. But things like this, like Titan, you know, if you aren't out there putting out this content, we're never going to see it. So I, I like to push that. And I hope everybody does run out and gets, gets that book. Now, where is it that people are going to be able to find it specifically? Or oh, no worries. Well, it's coming out November 10th from Oni Press. And so that so that that means it's going to be everywhere. So like any bookstore, any comic book store, basically anywhere where in North America or I think even in England and it's etc. But yeah, it's going to be available. You can pre-order it. If I don't know if this is going to run before or after it comes out, but it's out. You know, it's like it's a real book. <laughs> it's got to be really available. It's it shouldn't be too hard to find. But uh, yeah, you can just ask for it by name. They can name. They can mention my name. And yeah, it's it's going to be a real deal. It'll be out November tenth. Excellent. Thank you very much. And here, so I have a third question for you. Oh, uh, exciting! What, is, <laughs> what was or what is your favorite comic? that you've ever that you've ever read or, or bought oh wow what a deep question it's like <laughs> like like on the surface you're like you can have any kind of answer but wow the best comic ever well i already mentioned that i love jaime hernandez you know i'll mention another person there was a long period where i stopped reading comics i was just like i was just tired i was tired mm-hmm. with the whole medium you know i loved and i grew up with like the kind of the the mainstream comics and I'll always have like a little bit of curiosity about what's going on with X-Men or something like that. But there was a period where I just was sick of it all. I was feeling more, I don't know, whatever, hoity toity and like intellectual about my whole reading list and things like that. But there was one comic that kept bringing me in and I thought it was just genius. And I, and I really think that anyone who's not sure about what they want to read with graphic novels could read this book. And that's black hole by uh, Charles Burns. I, I think that's just a beautiful, s- incredibly illustrated, but also just like so smartly written kind of subdued story. I, I think that might be my top comic of all time. Excellent. I actually, I've heard of that one. I've never read it. I have actually heard of that though. You said it and I, I had to look it up real quick. It's like, is that what I'm thinking it is? And that is, yeah. Oh, I, good. I, well, well then that, that's my recommendation to you, Rob. <laughs> is you excellent. should check it out. It's good. Uh, I got a whole bunch of stuff I have to I have to read right now. My my editor in chief of the the site he wants me. I've never read the Sandman comics, and he wants me to to do that because he wants to do a, a series of podcasts where we dissect it completely. So that should be interesting. I'm hoping. I, I mean, I'm a Gaiman fan. I do like Neil Gaiman. I just never. That, that's all. The Sandman's always been on my list. So I'll have to add Black Hole to fit that in somewhere now. <laughs> it's a you know it's a whole thing. But you know Robert. Maybe the viewers want to, the listeners, they want to know, what's your favorite comic? You know, I, I grew up in the nine. I mean, I was, you know, a kid in the nineties. So I gravitated a lot more towards the, 
you know, the superheroes, the the DC side of things, mostly. I mean, when I sit there and, and think about my favorite comic series or graphic novel, I'll say it, it comes down to kingdom come for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just, it's always been, I've, I've been a big Batman fan, big Superman fan my entire life. And part in part because of my father, I, when I was a very little kid, I was sitting on his lap watching reruns of the Adam West Batman. Uh, the first movie I ever saw in theaters was 1989's Batman. So it was just kind of ingrained in me as I was growing up was just Batman. Uh, so when I got old enough, to start really understanding and reading comics. That was one of the first graphic novels that was ever handed to me was kingdom come. And I was just completely blown away by it. I was like, wait, you could do this. Yeah, what a trippy <laughs> first graphic novel, right? Because not only is it, it kind of blows the expectations of a little kid, probably because it's all painted by Alex Ross, mm-hmm. but also what they're doing is like, they're doing this analysis of the whole legacy of all of the history of DC comics up to that point. So it's a heavy load to lift. It, it really was. And you know, the, the very next series that I read after that was the death of Superman. So mm. it was kind of like my friend who was really into comics much longer than me. And he was the one pushing me to get into it. He was just like handing me with things one after another, but kingdom come. I just, I always go back to that. I always, it's just one of those things that I can't help, but just love. And it could be because it was the first real, I, I guess in a way grown up comic that I ever read, you know, because I, I didn't have the luxury of having a comic book store in my neighborhood. The closest thing I had was a supermarket with a spinner rack. Mm-hmm. And I would go there and I would pick up, you know, a random issue of Spider-Man or, you know, of X-Men or something like that. It was just some random, like I never got a series. I could never read issue one through whatever. It was just always a random comic that I was able to pick up there. And it was kingdom come, which was the first time that I was able to read a story start to finish. And, just take it all in and it was pretty amazing for sure definitely different era right (laughs) totally different era totally i i you know i believe it or not alex ross while i do enjoy his art style i don't see it working outside of that specific story like Mm. i I just i don't see like I, i it's weird i but i mean again i grew up with you know, the Batman animated series, you know, so the Bruce Timm series, you know, and like the art that I got used to with my characters were all because of animation for the most part. And the few comic books, like the first Spider-Man comic book I remember picking up was one where, what's his name? I can't remember his name. Scarlet, Scarlet Spider. No, what was it? He like wore a blue like tank top over his suit. And it, I can't remember what his name is now. I think you're right. I think you're right. I think you're right. Okay. Yeah. But that was the, that was like the first Spider-Man comic book. Cause I was like, that guy looks cool, but he doesn't, he kind of looks like Spider-Man, but isn't Spider-Man. Oh a- man. You were the target audience for that. Like that worked <laughs> on you. You were like Spider-Man with a hoodie. Yeah, yeah exactly. I'm, I'm down. And like, like, see, that's, see, you're, and like, you're the product. Like you're the, you're who Marvel was targeting. They were like, okay, we got to get the kids and they're going to, they're going to be into the hoodie. It worked. It worked on you. It totally did. And it kind of worked. I mean, it probably worked better because of the limited amount of comics I had a chance to, to look at and even pick up. But yeah, I mean, it definitely, it, it, I was definitely the target audience for that. Somebody, you know, just for the kids, for the people who don't really know what they're looking at, you know, they don't understand, you know, issue numbers and everything. It was just, Hey, look how cool this looks. And it was very nineties, <laughs> you know, like the look of that, of that character was very nineties. And it, it just, it, 
yeah, I mean, it sold and or sold. It was sold to me specifically, and it worked. But I mean, when it comes to the arts, I mean, as I've grown up, obviously my taste in art styles have changed dramatically when it comes to comics. But getting back to what I was saying, his Alex Ross, like for me. Again, maybe it's just the love that I have for that specific story. But when I see anything that's Alex Ross or even Alex Ross esque in a way, I just I'm kind of taken like, eh, like it doesn't work for me here. <laughs> well, the thing about that art is that it's very beautiful, but it's paintings, right? And paintings are a little different than cartooning. I love that stuff. I, I really liked Kingdom Come. I, I think Alex Ross is a fantastic artist, especially at kind of creating capturing sort of the mythology the kind of like larger than life aspect of comics but it's even though he's an excellent artist it's a little stiff right like you don't read it the way you read dennis the menace or jaime hernandez in love and rockets or an archie comic or something like that where it's designed to be read the alex ross art is designed more to be looked at than read in some ways for sure yeah, I completely agree. And maybe that's what it is. I mean, maybe it's, you know, whenever I see these other, you know, these other stories that emulate even what Ross tried to do, uh, maybe it's because I'm just more interested in just the story or the art doesn't do. I, I, I honestly, I don't know. I've never really sat there and thought about it until talking here. So, <laughs> well, I'm so um, excited that I was able to to, to, <laughs> to to start that conversation in your brain. Maybe we'll see where it goes next. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> no, honestly, though, it's actually been a pleasure having you on for sure. And I, like I said, I'm looking forward to Titan. I hope everybody else is. Is there anything else that you wanted to talk about the, to mention to people to be on a lookout? Anything that you've no. done maybe in the past or anything? Oh, man, you know, no, I, I think I've abused the people's patience long enough, you know, and <laughs> with all of our digressions and everything like that. I'll let everyone go. But I'll just say that if you read my book, I hope you enjoy it. Um, if you enjoy it or even if you don't enjoy it, feel free to, to talk about it and tell other people and to tell me about it. I'm out there and I'm always really interested in hearing what people have to say and i'm very good about kind of critiques so I'm, i i can't wait to see what people say about the book so i'm guessing you're on social media which is pretty brave of you <laughs> oh just to a minor degree i'm a, i'm on instagram which is makes my it's just enough you know what i mean it's like pretty pictures of like animals comic book art occasionally like van life stuff you know like it's it's i don't get drawn into absolutely everything that some of the other i'm not on twitter or facebook or anything like that okay well thanks uh, again for joining i do have one other question for you if you wouldn't mind maybe doing a little bumper for us just say oh, your yeah. name and say hey you're listening to spoiler country or something like that that'd be really great yeah that's no problem so whenever you're ready <laughs> okay perfect hey this is francois vignot the author of titan coming out this November. Actually, I'll restart because you're going to play this some other time. Okay. Hey, this is Francois Vigneault, and you're listening to Spoiler Country. Perfect. Thank you very much. Yeah, as soon as uh, I know that my editors are pretty good, as soon as it's done and they plan on posting it, they will tag you or let you or your, you know, I don't know if it's going to be your publisher. The, I don't know who they yeah. were in contact yeah, with. They, I think they were, they, they, this was all set up with the publisher. So I assume that they'll organize everything and stuff like that. Because like I said, originally this was the, you know, the comic was like coming out next week originally when this was scheduled. So now it's coming out in two whole months. So yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure what the the wise people at my publisher will say as far as the, the timing of it. Robert, what's your what's your email? I'll just send you a PDF of the book so you can read it after <laughs> the fact. 
Um, it's uh, thanks. It's Robert at spoilerverse.com. Okay, perfect. I'm just gonna I'll just send that over to you. Um, sorry, I didn't mean to like lose my mind earlier. I just I was like, wow, no way they, no, they did. It, and honestly, I'm gonna I'm gonna find out if that if because no one even mentioned that there was one available. So. I, I don't want you going to your publisher and being like, Hey, what the heck? When it was actually our fault. So <laughs> like, I don't want you doing that. Like I said, there may have been a mix up because literally when we started talking, they, there was in our message chat in our message chat, they're like, Hey, who's interviewing this person. And they're like, Robert is. I'm like, Oh, I thought this person was supposed to do it. So there, that might be where the mix up was. So I do apologize, but oh, no I, I, I actually enjoy, and I'm going to be completely honest. When I talk to people, I enjoy being told for the first time things from the the creator because it gets me more excited about it. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, for sure, I, I like I said, I and you could probably tell I did do some research. I did oh, look yeah, yeah, and yeah, see yeah. some stuff on it. Uh, it's just you know I haven't gotten a chance to read it, so I do look oh, forward no, to it. No worries. I just want you to have all the tools that uh, you know. I've I've been on the other side of the chair. I do interviews like at the uh, and like panels and stuff at comic book shows and things like yeah. that. So I've been on the other side of the chair. I just was like. I just was surprised. I was like, wow, they didn't give him the tools that he needed to do this, but it's all good. It was, I, I thought it was a really fun little chat. All right. Perfect. Thank you very much. You have a, a good day and, uh, you know, whatever. I mean, good luck on everything else you do. <laughs> Thanks, Robert. Yeah, I can feel free. You know, like, I hope you enjoy the book when you're, when you get the chance to read it and keep up the good work. Best wishes with everything. Perfect, man. I'll talk to you later. Thanks. What'd you think? That was pretty cool. Titan's a cool book. I, I've actually read it. I liked it a lot. It's it's a it's a really cool ride. Uh, it's you won't if you if you pick it up, you will not be saddened by by picking it up and, and reading it. Trust me. Now, if you like that, if you like hearing Robert's voice, go check him out on Bridge and the Gatedoms and check him out on Shooting the Sith. He's got a lot of a lot of content. He also writes a lot of stuff for the website. So if you like that, go to spoilers.com and check out all the articles there. But also check out all of the Spoiler Country back issues. We're got so many. And Monday is episode 500. It's going to be pretty awesome. So look forward to that. And go to the store link on our website. Buy a t-shirt, buy a hoodie. Look fly yourself. Help us out for the site. Go to scpod.us slash discord. Join our public discord. Come chat with us. We have a lot of fun there. And with that, I'm going to bid you adieu. I'm not going to take any more of your time today. I'm just going to say, in Ocean's Up Podcast, we are Cthulhu. And as Cthulhu compels you to do, open your mind and read more.